Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chatter, a podcast from The Gist, with me, Josh Hamilton. Jasper Mafia, the Belfast-based rapper, was my guest on today's show. Jasper and I were actually good friends while we were at uni, and we recorded his first song together. So it was great to get to catch up with him and to talk all about the music he's making and producing now, his influences, and the state of the Belfast hip-hop scene. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and to our mailing list. And don't forget, my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, is now available for pre-order on Amazon. You'll find the link in the description below. So, here's Jasper. And we are live. Hello, hello, hello. I mean, I say live, it's all pre-recorded, but live as as live as we can get we are okay perfect jasper it's it's awesome i can't believe i haven't had you on my podcast before i know it's been a long time like it's been i don't remember the last time i when i saw you was probably like two years ago maybe three no we definitely ran into each other last summer like 100 percent. i think on botanic or something didn't we mm-hmm. or the botanic yeah i remember now botanic yeah. avenue yes <laughs> the meeting place champions <laughs> exactly and and after after coming so far since we we lived down the road from each other and no i was gonna leave this to the final question the real the real question on everyone's lips that i've spoken to anyway is where is the 21 video it's uh it is it's currently private on my youtube at the moment i need that video it does need to come back out it's uh people have actually been saying to me like to put the song on Spotify and stuff. So like, I- oh man, you so should. Like people, people were asking me to play it in my bar in Austria in in winter because I was someone someone that had seen it had told someone about it and the rumor spread and then people wanted to hear it but I couldn't find it on YouTube. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, do like that that hook that you wrote is actually like one of the most classic hooks I've ever graced Belfast, bro. <laughs> it's honestly one of the best. Like, I was at a house party in the Holy Lands and every single person knew the words. And I was like, holy shit, like. We were we were like on a wave back then. That was True, yeah. Like, yeah. I do like the fact it was written just as a joke, and then that was it. That was that's pretty and much that was it. Kickstarted my rapping, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that was what it was designed to do. Like it was, it was, it was designed to to help you start your career. And here you sit now on my podcast. Exactly, it's full circle. Exactly. So, what is your first memory of music in your life? Like any, that could be anything. Um, first memory of music, I don't know, like just in the womb, you know, my mom just playing some beats through her belly, like, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know, like, to be honest, um, first memory of kind of getting into music was definitely, um, like when I was younger, I started learning to play the trumpet when I was in like primary five. Um, and then like, I kind of played about the guitar and stuff like that and kind of got into like a little band and stuff like that when I was younger. Um, so kind of, and then just seeing, I remember seeing like Eminem and Dr. Dre on TV, like MTV. And I actually like said to my mom, it was actually very funny. Cause I was like, cause obviously it was Eminem and I thought it was like M and M. So I thought it was like a duo of Dr. Dre and Eminem. I was like, who are those two men that sing? And then she's like, what are you talking about? It's Eminem. So just kind of that was my first memories of really like hip hop, and then obviously I started like playing the trumpet and being in a band and stuff. It was kind of st- <laughs> so I'm still cracking up at the Eminem thing. Yeah, you, that you thought they were that that was M and M, the two M's. 
Yeah, I thought it was a duo. I thought it was Dr. Dre and Eminem were like a group. <laughs> so, uh, watch me take a massive L. Like, like uh, uh, M <laughs> and M were the backing group. No, like, I'm, I'm, like, one of them was called M and the other one was called M as well. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Solidifying your pasty white boy credentials from an <laughs> early age. Yes. <laughs> So what was the, yeah, obviously, (laughs) but clearly you're far better versed in your hip hop lore and history now. (laughs) So what was the first CD you bought or record or, or tape, or I don't know. It's, it's so hard to say these days, which, what your first thing was. Uh, the platform was a CD. Like, um, it was actually bowling for soup girl, all the bad guys want, (laughs) which is a tune to be fair. Like that was the first CD I ever bought. Hey, I don't know why you're saying that. Like, that's embarrassing, man. That That is a, a tune, and it's an absolute classic. It is a classic. And then the first, like, hip-hop album I bought was the Eminem show. Um, I think I came out when I was, like, eight or nine. Maybe nine. What, ma- what had made you want to buy that? Do you remember? Probably seeing M and M on the TV. <laughs> or Blowing for Soup, you mean? I think I just heard it on the radio, like, but... No, I did mean the Eminem one. Was there something that appe- appealed to you about about hip hop, even at like eight years old? Yeah, just like the storytelling side of it. I think, um, I think like a lot of kids my age at that time, like who maybe never listened to hip hop before, whenever Eminem kind of came out and started, like you know, you heard like all the slim shady stuff. Um, I think it appealed to a lot of people. I think George Bush said that like Eminem was like the biggest problem facing young kids in America. Obviously, I was living in Scotland, but still. I think as like a, do you mean, he obviously knew like what an impact that he had on the younger generation. So he was obviously concerned because his message might not have been the best. Yeah. Well, he famously hit back in the, in the song, White America, which is just amazing. Yeah. It's fire. Yeah. I love that song. Like, White America. I could be one of your kids. White exactly. America. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically he is one of, one of their kids, but. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I get the I get the feeling there might be a reasonable amount of editing in this while we're just like laughing. Yeah. Although yeah. maybe in hindsight, when I when I'm listening back, it'll sound good, and 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 I'll leave it in. Yeah, hear my big smoker's laugh, like horrifying <laughs> chesty wheeze through the microphone. So was that? Did you realize at that point you wanted to be a rapper? Um, not quite at that point. Um, it was definitely. Like, the kind of music that I listen to most, but I also listen to like a lot of rock, like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and stuff. So, um, kind of tried like bands and that sort of stuff. But uh, I just think like, the lyric side of it really appealed to me for um, like hip hop. And I used to like write down like all the lyrics that I heard in songs, like like rap songs, then try and practice them so I could like recite them. You're know, obviously the stuff you do when you're bored in the house. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. When you're yeah. a, when you're a wannabe rapper exactly no there are um, there, there are rumors that you you once did rap battles in whitehead yes <laughs> so i moved over to uh, northern ireland or ireland whatever um whenever, whenever i was 16 i think it was um and i kind of like done some rapping a bit before and then this guy called twanda they wanted to rap battle me which just sounds very strange but um and it kind of just snowballed into this big thing where every used to like crowd outside the youth club and <laughs> it was fire. It was a good time. Like, um, and then I called myself pasty white kid 
that was my alias and I was this big fat Scottish guy and it was it was good fun yeah so that was kind of what uh, solidified it and then I didn't really take it seriously at that point um until really I met you guys in uni and I think like obviously you and Seb and stuff and Chris were very encouraging then we obviously made 21 and I was like oh this is actually fire like so um and then I kind of stopped for a bit and now I'm kind of getting back to it again so yeah was been the best response and the worst response or the best and worst responses to someone that someone has has given when you said i want to be a rapper and like completely seriously said that i want to be a rapper um the best response i think is definitely from friends and stuff who just are very supportive um it's kind of hard to think off bat i can think off bat of the negative ones but like the off bat of the positive ones would be just people supporting me like, yeah go for it like i'm behind you and like doing they obviously like listen to the songs and like give me feedback and stuff is the best uh people who take you seriously for having like wanting to do something even if it seems a bit odd are always the best kind of people so um the worst response i've had um i've had a pretty there's something that's been like kind of just people laughing at me i actually remember like um there used to be this guy from my school in belfast high school he like made a fake youtube account just to like leave comments and then after <laughs> after a while obviously like his username had like expired or what, i don't know how it worked but then they came up with his name and i was like bro i went to school with this guy <laughs> and then uh, i've got people like saying that I had like autism and stuff like that as well i don't know if you obviously want to edit that out maybe but like yeah stuff like that's obviously pretty negative but well not negative because there's nothing wrong with having autism but like you know I mean? <laughs> like, sorry it could be yeah. seen as a slander if someone like threw it at you in a youtube comment yeah yeah stuff like that so um yeah but like generally people like might like, like oh maybe it's not their cup of tea but they still support like i mean that's kind of the most thing is like not every like not everybody's gonna like the music all the time do you mean but it's like that 10 percent who do like it that are like it makes you like want to do it more because they're the ones like waiting for new music and stuff so the other 90 percent so it's like 10 percent are like horrible 10 percent are like really supportive and then the remainder 80 percent are kind of indifferent which is all good as well because i mean yeah well there's there's a concept in marketing that you should only pitch to the extremes because the extremes are the people that are gonna you know go follow follow what you do no matter what and the people that are gonna share your stuff online and propagate everything you do and that therefore as a as a musician or as a brand or anything trying to sell something you should be aiming for the people at the extremes that's a really good point i actually never i never knew that but i'll take that on board thank you every day's a school day every day is a school day <laughs> that's epic no thank you no problem uh do you have a specific creative process like is there a routine you sit down and, and work your way through when you you're going to write music or is it less structured than that yeah it's not really structured at all it's usually like if i just like i usually come up with like if i just come up with one like line that i like then that's kind of it i mean but it's kind of just coming up with that first line like when i did lovesick um at the time my then girlfriend damn you <laughs> had was away and I, I couldn't see her so i was like baby i'm lovesick was in my head and i was like yo that's fire and then um this like juice world 999 sample um we just stuck the drums on it and then that went that was like i think that's my biggest song really i've had so far so yeah just like the first line it's always the first line and then like, the whole rest of it just comes from that so yeah Obviously, the links will be in the description for anyone listening who wants to check out Jasper's music and isn't aware of Jasper's music yet. Yes, thank you. Prepare to be that. prepare to be vibed out. Yes, 
Vähän mä... <laughs> Asia siis se on horrible. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not saying it. Like... So has there been a favorite moment for you when you've been recording or in the studio with someone? Is there anyone that's like really been a lot of help with getting your career off the ground? Um, Where have you been doing the recording for for most of the music or the new, of the new music? This room that we're, we obviously can't see it, but just in this room here at the moment, like you can see behind, well, you can see, but the audience won't. There's like some sound proofing kind of on the wall there. I do see that. That the, I, I thought it was just a fancy kind of wall, but I do see that now. <laughs> yeah, so I've got some more. I'm gonna like kind of get like a little vocal booth on the way, but most of it was recorded just wherever I was. If I was like living in Belfast at the time then I would just record in my room up there. So just wherever. But um, I sometimes go down to a studio in Belfast called Hotbox. Um, not for hotboxing, for recording music. Of but, course. Um, but yeah, just kind of wherever. Uh, what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> have, you ha- like, well, have you had some good times in the studio with people? What, what have you, what's been your like favorite experience of recording as an artist? Um, favorite experience? Yeah, so the studio... Like I met like a couple of really good friends musically. Um, so like every time we're in the studio together, it's always funny. It's probably like 90% watching memes and like 10% recording. So, um, and then just, you kind of bring a few beers in and then you kind of just sit there the whole night. And usually you come out with a song at the end. Um, in terms of people who have really helped me get off the ground, obviously you uh, with that 21 hook, that was fire. Um, my the guy who videoed lovesick kyle he although he moved to toronto he's now back so that's more videos are coming this year i'm gonna have like seven music videos like coming this year oh really uh, yeah so he's back from toronto i think i don't know it's not, not my place to say but something something happened over there so um but he's back so he lives in Derry. so we're gonna link up i think on saturday and start shooting or start planning the shoot for the blue ferrari song uh Okay, I, I'm gonna go into that. De- yeah, okay. So the fu- so the blue Ferrari video, right? So I was like, it's obviously lockdown. So I was like, I'm gonna get like a 3D animation done from Fiverr, um, and I like sent him all the pictures of the people I wanted to know, bro. And he came back, and the- <laughs> it was- I'm actually gonna, I'll send you the picture of what he made the characters look like. It was so horrible. <laughs> um, and obviously I wanted a Ferrari for it, but there's no like Charles Hurst. We're not gonna let me take out one of their like brand new Ferraris. So. Got a different idea. Um, yeah, so like the idea for the uh, Blue Ferrari video now is like um, we're going to like get a green screen and it's going to be like a obviously like a big blue background. But instead of like it'll be like two girls in blue bikinis racing skeletrics, which I thought would be like way easier to do, like <laughs> like have the smoke and stuff and make it look like really because he's got like some new lenses and stuff like that for like really close up. So make it look really cinematic. But then you kind of zoom out. And it's just, so are you, are you going to do like cinematic like? proper close-ups of the, yeah. of the skeletrix video <laughs> yeah okay bro. um and then just kind of a lot of blue stuff like they'll be in blue bikinis and then be like eating like just blue m&m so i'm gonna have to go and sort through all the m&m packets and then you can buy blue m&ms i hope i'll check that out um and then so yeah so kyle really helped me um just by supporting he kind of wanted to, wanted to shoot the videos and stuff for me um and then just this guy Joe, who runs like the Next Gen Music Group up in Belfast, he um, has like a lot of links with the council and stuff. So he, like, I got to perform at like Culture Night on like the main stage and stuff. So stuff like that is just very helpful. And he put me in touch with like other artists and like stuff like that as well. So yeah, who would you say your biggest influences are as a as a rapper or as a musician generally? 
Um, I think one of the biggest ones that people will hear when they hear me is probably Post Malone. I think people get like a lot of Post Malone vibes. Uh, obviously, Post Malone's better, but like one day we we'll get there. Um, there's a rapper called Young Pinch. Um, probably like Eminem, just because although I don't sound like him, like that influence of me like actually getting to writing my own lyrics and stuff like that would definitely come from him. Um, and maybe like for some of my more melodic stuff, like bluesy stuff, maybe kind of a bit of Led Zeppelin in there as well. Um, like, I've, so yeah, so like those are my main influences in terms of like I think melodies and stuff like that. Personally, having hit listened to your stuff, I'd also say The Weeknd. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, The Weeknd. Yeah, it's a massive influence. Um, I think and and uh, Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, um, Wiz Khalifa was a big influence for me in uni. Um, I'll not say why, like, but <laughs> uh, he was a big influence. But um, yeah, like The Weeknd. Like when I first heard um, like Kissland and stuff like that, um, like that, and then Post Malone. It was kind of it kind of made me like look at rap like a different way. Do you know what I mean? Instead of just like rapping, like I was like, oh, like let's try like with like, some like darker R&B like instrumentals and then like some auto tune and like a lot of reverb, um, which I think it's, I think it's like, it's my favorite style. So yeah, The weekend as well. Thank you. <laughs> what did you make of the new album from The weekend? Uh, it was, it wasn't my favorite to be honest. I haven't listened to the whole thing to be fair though. Um, I haven't listened like the rappers I've been to now would be like Lil Baby and Gunna is like a bit more hard like Atlanta trap so my style has definitely shifted although I don't think my musical style has shifted that much but kind of what I'm listening to at the moment is in a different area like mm. what about the new Eminem record did you did you listen to no bro you didn't no what about Godzilla Godzilla is a, is a beat like, is that the one with Juice World in it it is yeah that's fire that is fire it is, a, it is an absolute beat like we did listen to it in the studio and I was kind of blown away um, I just think like, I don't know with Eminem I, I, I don't know if people are going to agree with me I think a lot of people will I just don't be controversial the... controversial is great Jasper okay. Eminem's a wanker <laughs> <That's pretty good. laughs> well maybe no. he'll co- maybe he'll come after you in like a rap battle I think I might lose <laughs> Um, challenge you to some eight mile style style standoff or he'll come after you machine gun kelly style like and kill sean maybe just a duel like an old-fashioned western duel that'd be fire well maybe he doesn't have a maybe he doesn't have the words anymore maybe he's lost it yeah so he's just got his his pistol is smith and wesson uh no but um... slim slim your old man (laughs) yeah i can't uh what was the question again josh sorry (laughs) I was just asking you about the new Eminem album. Yes. And then you were going to express an opinion on Eminem, which I said was controversial and we got sidetracked. So what was your controversial opinion? I just don't think it's as raw anymore. I don't think that's controversial. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Controversial. Um, It's just like, I think obviously it's impressive like how fast he can rap and he's obviously very lyrical and I think it's impressive, but it's like, it's too perfect. Almost he's, he's almost too good now. Does that make sense? It does in a way. Sam and I were talking about this the other day. We just wish that that he would go on just for the next album. Just, just, just go off, drop off the fall off the wagon a little bit. Like yeah. just go, a li- just go a little bit crazy. Like just, just have a little bit of drugs and alcohol yeah. and 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 a little bit of agony and, and you know get real angry and offensive. We should make <laughs> a petition to spike Eminem for his next album. <laughs> 
like I, do, I agree with both of you 100 like i think he needs to not like i'm not saying he needs like the drugs and stuff to obviously make good music but i think although it, it's, it's kind of too regimented and also his verse with like is uh, the song godzilla with juice world was insanely good he was so fast like rapping effing on point we kind of know that he can do that so you kind of want him to like do something that like not something crazy but like doing you want him to do something sort of strange and maybe that he hasn't really done before which is obviously difficult because he's got such a massive discography that's kind of hard to to do that but yeah for me as a big eminem fan of anyone that, that has, has seen me in austria they will know a huge eminem fan <laughs> i don't feel like it's 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 not even that it's as raw anymore it's just not as cutting there's, yeah. there's no there's no savageness to it <laughs> yeah i remember you used to listen to like eminem like and just be like ooh, didn't even yeah, you heard this yeah exactly it's just like okay. yeah um and i don't know why like, i don't know why why, why but do you think sti- that is? he still got it because i thought kill shot was one of the best things he'd released in years yeah and it's savage as fuck yeah so he needs to like do more of that i think what what do you think it is though that in his like why he's not really doing that in his commercial tracks is it a label thing maybe although he doesn't he owns his own label doesn't he? i can't i can't see it being a creative like creative differences kind of thing i i just like it happens musicians just lose their edge and like they can catch like little glimpses of it yeah for example right okay i can still really enjoy noel gallagher and the high flying birds and all the stuff he's put out as as a solo artist lots of the stuff that oasis released post 2000 but he will never ever be able to touch some of the stuff he wrote in the 90s yeah do you do you think that's though um do you think that's because it's it's age it's hunger yeah it's definitely got to be like the 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 that when you're young right i think anyway maybe when you're young and you're a hungry young you just feel like you want to take on the world as a musician. You're like, I am going to show them. I am going to change music. I am going to do this. And you, you haven't been like beaten down and battered by, by disappointment and, and life. Uh, and, <laughs> no, but seriously, no, and, you I, haven't, I, yeah. and nor have you experienced the success that makes you numb to the struggle that you felt that really drove you to write the best music of your life. Like that's why a lot of that band's first albums are their best is because that's when they were hungriest yeah. and that's when they were they were pushing themselves to write the best music of their lives because they were determined to play their way out of wherever they were yeah. there's a there's a reason i think that that i think it was keith richards that says that hard times creates amazing music and he's he he basically argued that rationing and the war and that post-war period of hardship and struggle and strife was the reason that the, the explosion of music in the 60s was so big and so great was because people had so little and then all of a sudden things things started to get a little bit better and people were just like like starting to see the the fruits of a bit of hard work and the the, the bands were were taught that that they were taught to to be the absolute best and that's the only way you're going to be successful and you want to do this you can fucking be good and you practice like fuck and then you get on tv and you're like wow and then you can instead of like touring the the country in a little van all of a sudden you're in this big ass fucking tour bus and there's someone bringing you your breakfast in the morning and 
Yeah. It's the like same I- as it was, someone said to Conor McGregor. Sorry, I know I've talked for a while and this is, no, I'm interviewing okay. you. <laughs> no, I like um, you, honestly. It's good. It's hard. It's hard to get like hungry to fight when you're walking around in silk pajamas. Yeah. It's hard to get motivated when you've had success. Definitely. And like, but like, why do, like, I think a lot of it's to do with like, okay. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Um, I think as well, so that, um, what you were saying about like Oasis is, do you think that it's the mindset of the listener also as well? So like, if you need to think of like where you were, whenever you listen to Oasis for the first time and like kind of that period of your life, whereas like maybe kids they hear like the new Oasis tracks or not Oasis tracks, but you know what I mean? Like the new tracks from the older artists, like where they are at their point in time in their life could be that well yeah i i I mean i do agree that the hungriness has to be there but then there's also there's 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 bands that can that that can continue to deliver great music regardless of success yeah true like some of them get inspired by their success to be even bigger and they never lose that drive i think as well like family comes into it a lot like i listen to this rapper called lil skies and then he had a kid and like he hasn't really done as much his new music's not as good but it's like he's maybe just prioritizing his music's not a priority because he's already kind of made the success he's maybe oh i don't i don't know if you can use fatherhood as as an excuse for poor rapping when eminem's concerned (laughs) no (laughs) when you think about how many amazing songs like have Haley referenced in them yeah it's very true (laughs) Haley's song first yeah it's one of my favorites first yeah first on the list <laughs> yeah no but yeah it's a terrible that's a terrible uh, argument then <laughs> but what i mean i think yeah with eminem it's, i definitely think it's uh sobriety is his issue because <laughs> the the it just you can tell that he was just really fucking angry and, and at some stuff yeah there's a there's there's like one one exercise that I've heard to that helps people beat writer's block is that they'll write when write about what makes them angry. Okay. Because right, imagine you're sitting staring at a page and you've got uh, an article to write or a chapter or or a verse of a song or a, a hook or anything. You're just staring at it and you're like, everything you write, you're like, no, that's not good enough. I can't yeah. do that. No, 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 that's no good. I can do better than that and. One argument is that the, you're setting the bar too high, but another person says, "Is like, look, you just need to like get past that that little trigger that's making you stop." And the only yeah. way to do that is write about what makes you angry, uh, even if that's completely unrelated to the topic. Just go and write half a page on something that pisses you off, like someone that cut you off in traffic this morning, or I don't know, people that people that don't social distance, or <laughs> I don't know what makes you angry, man. <laughs> But yeah. just something yeah, no, that something that pisses you off. M and M's like poor rapping these days. <laughs> yeah, what 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 makes M and M angry these days? Probably not that much. He's you see, very very rich. Like think about the amount of like 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 you can tell in certain songs he's angry. Like yeah. I love Criminal because at the stars you could tell he's just fucking pissed off at the start. The opening lines is him just saying a lot of people ask me stupid fucking questions. <laughs> and you're like, oh, come on, man. Okay, you, Marshall. Yeah, he's, he's like, well, chill. But but you can feel the anger and the hate. Maybe yeah. he just needs to let the hate flow through him again. Maybe that's yeah. why Killshot was so good. I because feel he like was angry. We should never ever be in charge of Eminem if we. <laughs> 
Take we, the drugs and let the hate take the drugs, <laughs> hatred. Embrace the hate, my friend. <laughs> I think as well, obviously, with him growing up, um, like being like one of the only white guys to be rapping as well. Um, like the thing you were saying earlier about how like, you're like, I, you're just hungry to prove to people that you can do it. Do you know what I mean? Like for him, especially, obviously coming from like Detroit, uh, the hip hop uh, community, obviously was like just mainly black people. For him, obviously, sort of proving, proving them wrong. Do you know what I mean? And proving his like his city wrong, and then obviously them all getting behind him really propagated him to like that next level. So it obviously helps that he was white as well because it was a shock factor. But then I think I think it, like Eminem actually puts it best when in during his best period. He really was just joking, like talking about stuff you joke about with your friends inside your living room. Yeah. Like, that's literally what he was doing. And now right. I don't feel that, I don't feel the same way when I hear him rapping, basically. Yeah. It's very, I kind of, I know this is going to say, but I kind of get the same thing from The weekend. That's why I didn't really listen, like, to the new album that much. Because see, like, his older albums and like his older songs, like, I really got that sense of, like, this like drug adult like i was gonna you know, say jasper they're literally just about taking drugs and fucking yeah but like there was it was like very beautiful in a way as well <laughs> like or, i don't know or nah song acoustically with a chorus is is more beautiful than anyone will ever know oh yes as we know yeah. having done that <laughs> oh for yeah, no, sorry yeah never mind yeah not for the podcast but um <laughs> no go yeah. for it what were you gonna say i'll cut it out if i think it's too no it was uh it was it was too weird it's too weird um it's, I, <laughs> I shouldn't have even brought it up um but yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that about the weekend as well like i just think that the i don't know i think the pain's gone see thomas thinks the pain is back in this album because he broke up with that girl bella is it bella thorne Bella, the, the the model. I mean, I'll look it up. Hang on, let me see. I can't remember her name. Jamie, pull it up. No, I don't have a Jamie. Unfortunately, is, J- is Jamie there as well? No, <laughs> it's a it's a Joe Rogan reference. Uh, or it's, <laughs> sorry, like Jamie No, he always has. He has his, his tech guy Jamie, but Sam's not even here to do it for me. So where's Sam? He's in the other room doing some work, being very responsible. What a legend! Oh, Bella Hadid. Bella Hadid. That's the one. Yeah. He broke up he... with her and, and Thomas thinks the pain is back. Yeah, I actually, I might go like, that's, I'll make that my thing. I'm going to go listen to After Hours and uh, listen to it from start to finish. And then I will, I'll, I'll like personally message you and see what I think. I mean, the opening, the opening song, the riff is just ripped straight out. Uh, like it's almost, uh, uh, what is the song? take on me it's almost that hang on let me get the track listen i think it's the first track alone again i think so yeah like uh, i love the escape from la i spoke after mm, i like i really like blinding lights as a pop track i thought it was unbelievable that is a really good song um yeah, I need to. I think I just need to listen to the whole thing again, like from a constructive, like a listener's point, instead of just kind of in passing whenever I hear it. Because I haven't really sat down and listened to the album yet. Because it could be one of those things that, for uh, because it's a little different, you just didn't quite take to it, and you're expecting in your brain a certain thing from a weekend album, like a certain yeah. sound. Because I had the same problem, honestly, with Mumford and Sons. 
okay. really enjoyed their like folky stuff. And okay, I mean, it's not the most innovative, like avant-garde, like alternative stuff you're ever going to hear, but it's really great songwriting. Just like, yeah, yeah. and and they're, they're great musicians. Their live show looks fantastic. They're one of the few bands I've not seen live that I would really love to. But when it came to their third album, because they went so, they, they really changed direction. They got rid of all, like they were, they, they basically said, okay, we're not going to have our folky sound anymore. They got their electric guitars out and their drum kit. And they, they went and created like a standard, like indie rock album. Mm-hmm. And you see for about six months after buying it and listening to it once, I didn't want to touch it. I was like, oh, I didn't like that. Yeah. And like on return to it six months later, after someone said something to me about it, it's like, you should really give that another listen. I did. And now I really, really love some of the tracks on it. Like really love them. I think like, as well, like um, as a, you know, as a, for, for their perspective as well, obviously changing it up is going to make their next album even better. They can fuse the elements together more as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, like kind of expanding their sound a wee bit, which is, is good for growth, I think. So Jasper, what is next in your career? What have you got? What, what, what have you been working on at the minute and what is coming in the future? So I have... Uh, in terms of just this year i have i want the mo- full 10 year plan oh no i haven't even have one of those i need to do one of those i think um so the this summer i've got two more songs coming out which are kind of summary um like i haven't really done many like sort of i'm trying to make commercial music do you mean i'm trying to make another like a commercial track this summer it's kind of my goal not commercial as in like do you mean but like it's just in terms of like the sort of stuff that you might hear like kind of radio friendly like not really talking about like swearing or anything like that i mean or like drugs or whatever um so i got two songs one's well no songs no songs ever get popular that reference drugs yeah well that's a good point (laughs) well trying to make it more um, true (laughs) well back to the drawing board (laughs) um i want to say i kind of mean just like the sound like the actual uh I, I know what you mean. <laughs> like, um, I, I'm trying. I was trying to move away from like kind of that slower sound. Do you know I mean I was just trying to make it a bit more upbeat, a bit more fun? Do you know actually making like music for the radio is probably like the hardest thing ever that I didn't realize. I was like, you're actually trying to make like a radio ready song is like, wow, this is harder than I thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's coming out. It's it's finished. So maybe just, maybe we should work together, Jasper. We should. Twenty one part two. Exactly. Two one two. <gasps> it all fits together. <laughs> Coming full circle from those El Davino days. Oh man, imagine that'd be sick. It's called plastic now. I think it's full like sixteen year olds. Like I haven't actually been. Not actually something about to incriminate myself. (laughs) Anyway, so the next song is coming out. It's called Common Sense. It's going to be out in July, and we're actually going to be shooting a video for it in a few weeks. You're actually welcome to. Actually, when are you traveling? Mid July. Okay, if we shoot it early July, we're gonna like do it up at Port Rush, get like some surfboards. It'll be like really fun, like kind of barbecue and stuff. But I, you know, what they will. That so. would be very cool. We could shoot the video. That would be awesome. Um, you're up, you and Sam are welcome to come to that. Perhaps we um, can time the release of this podcast ooh, to the idea. release of the video. I like you're thinking. First this, and then the marketing thing, and the angry songwriting tips, man. <laughs> I'm gonna come out educated. <laughs> um i got another tip for you in a minute but first tell me more about this song what was it called again it's called comma sense comma sense yeah comma sense comma sense um, and um 
Where did you it, write this song? Where did I write it? Who, in has, this, who has produced it? Um, this guy called Zaps. So he's made two of my other beats for my next songs as well. So I've been working with him pretty close as well. Um, yeah. So it's, he kind of does like very upbeat stuff. So whenever I heard his beats first, I followed him on Instagram. So, um, and then there's a Russian guy who's mixing and mastering it for me. So I never used to get my music mixed and mastered. And then I was like, okay, well, I need to start doing this, obviously, because it's kind of like, you know, when you play it through different speakers and stuff. I just wanted it to be like as polished as it could be. Um, and then I've got a song coming out called Matador as well at the end of summer. Uh, so th- those songs are all finished and ready to go. Um, I'm just waiting for like cover art and like the mixes and stuff to come back. And then in October, so that kind of take me through to August time, and then I'll leave August like in blank and just kind of work um, on some stuff. And then I'll drop. A, I'll be dropping a EP called Mood Swings in October. So it'll be my first ever project. Like because. I wanted to release a project before, but I was really distracted in life. Do you know what I mean? I feel like now it's like the most focus I've been on music. So I was like, I think it's time to release a project. So um, it'd be like eight track EP. And I'll probably release it on my eight birthday. tracks? Yeah. I don't want to call it an album in case it flops and does horribly. Do you know I mean? <laughs> Have but, you recorded or written a lot of that yet? Or is that, what, is that August? Yeah, I've written a lot. Of, I've written about six of the tracks. So um, I better get my submission in then oh yeah bro let's do it like if you want to do it we could do like something like acoustic-y that'd be pretty fire though for like the end like an outro type of acoustic vibe yeah but we could make it funky at the same time funky and acoustic yeah we could do like this we could do the second 21 but not call it the second 21 but like that kind of we'll see what happens yeah we'll see um but no that'd be nice to do that like it's a kind of completed round it would be ha- what, do you, the- what do you make of that song belfast mentality I'm trying to get Wee Goose on my on my podcast. Yeah, it's good. Like I like it. Like I I think it's like it's not really my kind of thing. Um, but when I say it's not my kind of thing, I, I don't know. It's like it's not the kind of music I would make, do you know what I mean? Um it's very Belfast. Um, but it's good, yeah. I like I support all the local artists in Belfast, to be honest. How marketable to the rest of the world do you think that is? Because things that are very niche in a certain city have sometimes blown up, but how how scalable do you think the Belfast sound is or the Belfast mentality, if you so, will? I this is really funny because at the start I didn't think so, right? But then there was this group called Kneecap who are from here, and they like rap and like kind of like gaelic it's like from belfast it's like it's cool they i think they're like from west belfast or something i don't really i met yeah that i met them, super like, cool but they're fire but they like just sold out a show in new york like they're like out of here like, they're like they're like proper big now so um wow I, at the start i didn't think it was that doable and then i saw those guys and like i was like holy shit like that's actually insane because especially because america has that kind of irish connection i mean um, I think America definitely would buy it maybe before other countries. Um, but like people love the Irish, do you know what I mean? So um yeah, Belfast mentality. I think it's good it's good as well. Like, I mean, because it's see for me, like I'm not saying it's like it feels kind of like jokey kind of rap though. There's a group down south called Versatile, and they kind of did the same thing. It's kind of jokey. And I think that's the, like with Belfast, like as a rap scene, 
because it's still quite um juvenile in a rap scene i think like those kind of jokey raps are like will always do better because the scene is still quite young in term not in terms of age but like in terms of like mindset because i mean i think that those kind of raps will always do better not saying it's a joke obviously like he's got he's i mean he's good he obviously he's got like lots of plays he's obviously making like money from it but i'm saying like that that kind of well there's st- nothing is- wrong with saying something tongue-in-cheek or or humorous yeah, tongue- and that, does, that yeah. doesn't there's if i didn't believe things that were funny couldn't also be be serious and good i i wouldn't be such a huge south park fan that's very true um of course yeah um i wouldn't have written the song that you had as a joke then then like let us just produce it no it's 21 i think was quite a jokey song as well like we weren't taking that seriously no obviously so i think i think we'd be we'd be slightly hypocritical to to Make I think so when you look at other artists like Jordan Adetunji and things like that in Belfast like he's doing really he, well he's doing very well um whenever he like plays with his band and stuff like I would like I like to see we like although it's good I do like it and as I said I'm not like I'm never gonna slate another person in Belfast because it's hard to make hip-hop in Belfast but like I, th- I would like to hear them make maybe something a bit more musical does that make sense I don't know if that makes sense, but like maybe a bit more melody, like that sort of thing, before I could really judge like what I think of them as as an as him as an artist. Still fire though. Well, maybe you will be the one to bring melody to the Belfast music scene. Well, hopefully, I think Jordan's pretty much at the moment. Jordan, like my, I don't mean to give you my top rated Belfast artists. Yeah, go for it, man. Okay, so, um. I think the one doing the most at the moment is Jordan. I think in terms of like diversity of sound and stuff, like he's got like a rock song coming, and um, he does like kind of trap. He does um, just kind of whatever. Like he's really talented, so I think he's up there. Um, my friend Ryan Wilkinson, nostalgic. He's really like one of the best rappers I've heard from here, and he's kind of starting to get into the melody side of things. So I think he's one to watch out for. There's a guy called Krim who's like 17, I think. Uh, he does kind of like emo rap but it's like it's to the level of like little peep like he is unbelievably good um so like just seeing people like that like him that young doing it like if he just stays with it like for another year or two and like he's gonna be really big and um, you should listen to his music i'll send you some of his stuff um and then kind of daniel august and um, he's another one that he has got like now connecting with tim westwood and stuff like that so um he's dropping an ep and an album this year so I think my the style of music that I like. Okay, that's a better way to put it because I think the Wee Goose thing. Like, I think he is very talented, and he obviously is really good at marketing because the song is catchy, and like people from Belfast are gonna love it. So that's why, like, that's why I mean, I have respect for every artist. It's just not the kind of music that I would listen to because obviously I like my R and B. I like sort of stuff that's kind of a bit more like, you I mean like auto tune. I like that sort of stuff. So it's just not the stuff I listen to. But I do respect him as an artist and obviously able to market himself so well um like he's what one called like dealing the crack but it's like c-r-a-i-c do you mean it's clever do you mean i think people from belfast are going to appreciate that more do you mean than maybe somebody who's um doing like you know as i said i'm trying to make like music for the radio do you mean so i don't maybe people just don't like appreciate it as much but i think one day i think in the long run it's going to pay off if i just keep working at it do you mean 100 percent, man it's i do uh, as much as I find sometimes our accent cringy, especially on rap songs sometimes, especially, I don't, I, I don't know, maybe I'm more accustomed to it now, but I don't feel the same way as I used to about it. 
I almost get like this little like wry grin of pride in a way when yeah. I when when you see him taking okay, he can't have complete dominion over what is the Belfast mentality, as he puts it, or the vibe, or like the feeling and the the culture. He isn't our sole like voice or outlet. But I love someone like trying to take that identity and put a stamp on it. I really like that. There's yeah, there's something really creative about finding ways to use the uniqueness of the Northern Irish culture and expressions that are, are unique to here and colloquialisms and culture because it hasn't really been done that much in a in a musical scenario in the way that it might have been in, in other places. Yeah, there's only one thing like I would say is that you need to listen to a guy called Steve Locke. Steve, Steve L O C and he has like I don't know, he has five five albums. He's from here. Like as an actual rapper I would rate Steve Locke above Wee Goose. And he, like, I mean, he's just very, very Belfast as well. Um, like, Wee Goose, I think, as I said, like, market marketability-wise is perfect. Do you know what I mean? Like, the name even, um, like, the song titles and things like that. He's, like, he's a, mar- like, he's, that's perfect. But I do, like, think there's, like, a, other rappers who I think are, like, lyrically better than him who have, like, the Belfast accent type of thing going on. But obviously, it's just, you know, each person can research um and do their own thing and see that's that's the good thing about hip-hop i mean it's like it's like almost um, very competitive um as as an art and i think it's people have their, their stuff that they like so to me obviously if you want to get more into the belfast rap scene there's definitely stuff out there um do you do a lot of collaboration or are you looking to do a lot of collaboration work with some of these guys that you you're you're listening off and admiring here in the in the scene yeah def- definitely like um me and jordan obviously did a song together called way moving um on that must have been real day. cool for you yeah it was fun like it was actually really funny because i'd never met him before um so like i was at this guy called leo oh yeah leo miyagi as well like he's fire he's a really good lyricist um i was at his house and i showed him like the snippet of way you move and and then he i, I sent it to him and then he sent it on to jordan and then jordan had already recorded a verse like i'd already written the whole song but jordan had recorded a verse and already sent it back to leo like by the time that i'd left the house so I was like, oh shit. So like it kind of like he just jumped on it anyway. But that's kind of how I met him. And then after I released Love Sick, then his manager Joe reached out to me and was like, you like come and work with us. So that was pretty much it. Like so Well, that is very cool. Um so it's, that's what I love about it as well. Is like, I mean, you can collaborate with somebody that you've never met before. Um I've got like a collaboration coming out with a guy who lives over in uh, Pennsylvania as well, which is pretty fun. How um, how do you set something up like that? Like, so there used to be a thing on Facebook where you like sent your songs in and people would like live review them. I mean, to give them like hot or not, hit or shit, that type of thing. So I sent in a song. Um, it was all right. It wasn't the best, but like, he like in the comments, he was like, you, I like this. And then like, I add him as a friend. And then we've been just like back and forth chatting for like a year. And then I just sent him like an open verse and a song. And then he just jumped on it. And he actually killed me on it as well. Like his part was so much better than mine. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> but it's fire. It'll come out like probably towards the end of the year. So that's really cool, man. Yeah, it's, uh, he's really good. His name is brand new, like new with like N-U-U. So um, yeah, I just want to like, make links. As I said, with, with um, collaborations with people from Belfast. Um, I've got one with Daniel coming on the way. There's like a producer, Matteo. Um, he's fire. Um, and he's like making a lot of beats and stuff for me as well. 
and he's like getting into rapping and stuff too just kind of every like i would like to obviously do a collaboration with like something like we goose but i don't know if our music styles would go well together i think it'd be too much of a contrast so i would kind of be like yep like that's your kind of lane like you're the you're like you're like in control that lane like i support that it's not it's something that i would know if i would I've, it's not that i wouldn't want to because he has a good fan base it's obviously good but i don't know if i could I, as an artist i don't know if i actually could do that kind of music or like do you know what i'm saying like i, I, I think wouldn't you want gotta to, like, back yourself man if he would if you reach out and he'd be interested i think you gotta give it a go like if it's something that you want to do for the fun of it don't don't let the the potential results put you off do it because you want to do it whether yeah, whether something good comes out of it is irrelevant you should be doing it for the experience of of, of working with someone else and watching how how a real professional does it yeah true that's that's true like um yeah well, i'll reach out to him and see what he says i just wouldn't want it to like i don't i wouldn't want to waste that time that's the only thing i know obviously you're saying like like i'm like i wouldn't want to like ha- not have no product come out of it at the end and that's not release a song doing because then i would have felt like i could maybe like sat down and done something else but i get what you're saying yeah like 100 percent um i actually was listening to that deal in the crack today so i'll give him a message say wagwam bro <laughs> then see what happens well you never know Final question comes from Just Jim. He wants to know, do you think it's harsh to do some work on a beat with someone and then never finish it off? I do not, but I do. I don't know. I love you, Jimmy. I promised him I'd ask you that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those. Yeah, probably. But the only thing is, is like sometimes you just think something's going to be fire like, in your head and sometimes the beat's better than what you can do on it do you mean so like i do you mean one of those things jamie's very talented he is I have a lot of time and love for him so come on my podcast you bastard yes jamie has he not been on yet no no i can't get him on why <laughs> i keep telling him we'll we'll have luke record his twin brother okay. who i've yeah. already had on the podcast and just tell people it's jamie <laughs> that's like some sort of bond villain type shit <laughs> get luke to say some really strange stuff oh yeah that was the plan but then we figured that if jamie really wanted to be it it would be difficult to be more provocative and offensive than him yeah true but anyway who's who all have you had on so far who like who are you hoping to get on the podcast oh we got some cool ones coming up now uh i've got a release i got podcast with shaq lucasen the motorbiker to release we did one with Richie Prynne, who's the lead singer of CC Smugglers. Tomorrow, I'm recording with Jerry Carroll, the uh, People Before Profit MLA. And right. well, that's all I got in the in the pipeline. But like, there, there's there's workings. I've got lots of people penciled in for July and, and August at the minute as well that I'm I'm seeing a couple of authors of books that I've read. Hopefully, Jonas Saltzgeber, who wrote the little book of, or what is it, the little book of Stoicism. Bro, this isn't, I, I don't, like, that's, well done. Cheers, man. It's great. That's insane. Um, and also, Josh is, well, have you announced your book? You have announced your book, haven't you? Oh, yeah, at the start of every uh, podcast. I'm not missing a single opportunity <laughs> to shamelessly plug that. Make sure you purchase Josh's book when it drops in the stores in February. Exactly. Boosh. So, yeah, Jasper, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. No, it was absolutely very fun. I had a really good time and thank you for having me on. And I also, I'll send you some of the artists as well that I spoke about today. Please do. Um, and you can obviously give them a listen if you feel that you want to get them on as well. If you have a chance, then definitely. That would be awesome.
epic um but yes enjoy and thank you very much and yes have a good time and traveling as well and i will hit you up about the video so thanks so much for listening if you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to this podcast and to our mailing list and don't forget my book brexit the establishment civil war is now available for pre-order on amazon you'll find the link in the description below we're going to play you out with jasper mafia's blue ferrari his latest song link is in the description below till next time thanks for listening Like a moving Charlie Homie, fuck the bands I need that new Bugatti